Speaking of reliability, a podcast with good friends talking with you about reliability engineering topics. Welcome to Speaking of Reliability. This is Fred Schenkelberg. And this is Carl Carlson. Hey, Carl. I gotta... Do you remember your first job? You, you walked into the first day and... Oh, I sure do. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I, there, there's a couple of first jobs I have, but you know, one of them is re, was uh, reliability testing, and then the other was reliability manager, and I've shared that story with you about, yeah. you know, let's make a reliability plan with 150 tasks. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm thinking of your, you know, very first job. So the question I got the other day uh, was... I just got uh, an offer and accepted it for a, a reliability job, a uh, junior reliability engineer in this organization. And for sake of argument, let's say they were a consumer product, say bicycles, we like using that example. And the, uh, the question was, what should I do on the first day? And so my immediate response was, well, HR is probably going to take up most of your day filling out paperwork, so don't expect too much on the first day. <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, if you haven't done it already. Um, yet it was, made me think back to uh, when I came out of the Army. The first day in, in the Army was basic training, and I don't remember it very much. And that was because there was a drill sergeant yelling at me a lot. So it's it very high stress, very physical and everything else. But I don't th Going into the first day of an engineering job, I don't expect that. And I also don't expect that by the end of the day, if you save them $100 million, I don't think that's going to happen either. They might expect it, but they, you know, it's probably not going to happen. But the question was, so what do I do? What should I, you know, what gets me off on the right foot is kind of the way I interpreted it. Sure, sure. I'm, I'm just making some notes here, thoughts on, on that, thinking back to my first day, which was really an aerospace as an R&D engineer on uh, designing gyroscopes, designing and testing gyroscopes. Mm -hmm. and, th and that was a lot of fun. And I had a mentor. And so you're, you're fortunate if you have a mentor. Uh, he ba I basically shadowed him on how you test. Uh, these were, uh, they called them Vibra gimbal. They were the, the gyroscope gimbals that vibrated and we would test what the vibration frequency was and mm -hmm. we would design it. And, and I had to learn all the oscilloscope and, uh, things that I'd never really learned in uh, college back in, back then, but I was shadowing somebody, so that was easy for me. Yeah. Uh, and and so one answer is if you can find an experienced person to, and it's okay with your management, spend a few days with them and see what they do to uh, in terms of reliability. So that's one possibility. In my experience, and and also with the onboarding of new people, is there in a couple different companies is the common technique I saw, and it may be just my experience, it may well be just the types of companies I worked in, is that your hiring manager, you know, would say, all right, we got paperwork and stuff like that. And here's your options. And this, here's healthcare things you need to think through and whatever. It was, nowadays, I imagine there's an app for that and you do it before you show up. And then it was, all right, I need you to introduce you to the rest of the team. And here's the key people that you're going to be working with or working for or working, you know, your peers. And then it would be just walking, like, here's where the lunchroom is, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. It was kind of a, a mixture of getting introduced and, and it was a quiz by the end of the day of remembering names. 
yet the best candidates I saw, and it's not something I did, and I wish I would have, um, is as you meet people, take a note and ask them, can I come back? When are you available so we could talk in more in depth rather than just a quick meeting? Because for me, and I, what this, she, what she did is said, it's a pleasure meeting you. I look forward to working together. Could we set aside a half hour where I could learn more about how I can work with you best? Great, great suggestion. You know, and it was, it's generic. I don't really know what you do. You know, you're a manufacturing engineering manager. Okay. What's that mean? Uh, And it's more of, remember your name is not sufficient to work well with you. And I thought, oh, right. that is brilliant, you know? And it, it, she got off on a really good, she hit the ground running and within a week she was, you know, on board basically. Um, well, you're, you know, you're talking about soft skills a little bit here because the uh, networking and getting to know people and connecting with people mm-hmm. and learning from them are all uh, soft skills that are re- really essential. And and so that's another suggestion to the young engineers to do a little extra study on uh, the soft skills to make sure that you're balancing your technical skills with the human skills of networking and listening to people. Yeah. And what Carl and I are talking about is in the chapters 11 and 12 in our book, where it starts off with listening. How do you actively and effectively listen to other people and ask questions and engage in a discussion that is, you know, two-sided and it's not an interrogation kind of thing. So the this new hire would go in and say, you know, basically it was like an interview in reverse. It's like, so what do you do? <laughs> yeah. And part of it was learning. She asked a lot of questions. Well, you said vibrating gimbal. What in the world's that? Or, you know, what, or whatever the terminology is for that particular job. There, we all have our local terminology and, and a glossary of terms and acronyms and stuff we use. And sometimes it's related to, you know, setting norms that we record our hours and this counts and that doesn't count. This goes on this project. There's just kind of the things we do here. And then others are, this is the way we work on problems and things. She would ask questions about, you know, if that vibrating gimbal is having a problem, is it on are you on your own to troubleshoot that and and we're both places i work was oh no you go walk down the hall and, and it was sort of like trader joe's you ring the bell and five people show up huh. and you brainstorm it you you get more eyes on it with a range of different experiences and she, oh okay that i like that you know it's different than studying for an exam where you're you know not a, you can talk to other people you, you got to do your own work he says, no, no, we're, we're graded on results here, not on, you know, who did it. It's you know, So you can get as much help as is available. And then the more interesting the problem, the more help you'll get, because pe- the folks around here like solving problems like that. Um, yet it was a very much the a bit of curiosity is what I would have called it before we started breaking down all these soft skills. It was genuine curiosity as to where she fits and who's her allies, what do they do? If I have a question on fluid dynamics, who's the person I should go ask? And just kind of building that networking element of, you know, where are all the the various skills and expertise and, and people that support the new hire versus don't and, and so on. She kind of got a lay of the land very quickly, but on the first introduction, 
she had her notebook with her and said, all right, it's really nice meeting you, Bill. Um, what, do you have time in the next day or two to, to spend a half hour? I'd like to oh, get to understand what you're doing. You know? Yep, and that could be uh, during work time or off in uh, personal time, uh, either one. Yeah. A lot of this depends on how well the job description is defined. Well, yeah, that's – I have seen so many job descriptions lately that, you know, people are in there – but probably chat GPT generated. They're so generic. Yeah. Well, that that's the problem is in, in fact, one thing for a new engineer to realize, and this took me a long while to realize it, uh, but is that the skills that you've learned in your college or university are not necessarily the same skills that you need in the, on the job. And and even more specific, the body of knowledge that you've been learning about in kinetics and whatever the subjects are, are not necessarily the same body of knowledge. So you have to learn on the job. That is going to be part of your work. And your management may not have the time to spend with you. So you're going to have to learn on the job. And it may or may not be with your manager, depending how busy they are. Yep. So you're going to have to either do some extra study with some manuals or resources or go to a library or, like you say, Fred, talk to people and 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 get some help from them, uh, get a mentor. Uh, there is a gap on day one of what you need to know uh, from what you actually know as a graduate and how quickly you can fill that gap by your own initiative your own resources, not not trying to consume too much of your management time mm -hmm. because that can be annoying. Um, learning on your own, if you can, those are all ways to uh, to gain an advantage on your first few days. Yeah, I'm looking back on my first day. It was where's the coffee pot and where's the bathroom? Those were my two big questions. Yes. No, <laughs> you know. well, I, I think I've, I don't know if I've ever told you this story, but my literal first day on the job, this is as a student at University of Michigan uh, in mechanical engineering. I went to work at General Motors uh, at uh, as a draftsman. The, the, the title was junior draftsman. Mm -hmm. And I uh, didn't know. He said, OK, Climb up on these boards were huge. The tables were gigantic. They're like the size of a room almost. Oh, yeah. And you would use a gold template. I'm sorry, gold scribe to scribe through a painted metal sheet. And then you'd create lines. And those those big metal sheets would go to the the other department. They would send, then start making the uh, the the uh, the models that uh, get used to form the car. Okay. So long story short, you actually are lay, lying on, on your stomach for part of the day, uh, connecting lines with the skull scribe. What they didn't tell me on the first day of the job, because everybody wore a, uh, a tie. Mm -hmm. This is back when everybody was wearing a tie. And I didn't ask why nobody had a tie class, because I always had a tie class. So mm -hmm. I hear I'm laying on this, this uh, painted metal with my tie class ruining the uh, the sheet metal and uh, <laughs> adding extra lines and I, smudges. I get up, that... I go, oh crap! I've ruined the whole board. They didn't. They didn't give you an eraser, did they? No, there's no <laughs> eraser. Once you've moved through that uh, metal, uh, that the paint on the metal, you've destroyed it. So I guess the the the, the learning there is you're going to make mistakes and uh, just keep going. 
and try to glean as much as you can and ask questions because I didn't ask the question and why nobody had a tie clasp. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, it, 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 yeah, that's one of those that is probably was just obvious after an hour and nobody <laughs> right. thought of it after that. <laughs> yeah. Why? They, they had their, their ties tucked into their shirt. If you, you can see that very oh, yeah. easily. Oh, like, yeah. I don't, yeah, didn't even think of it when I was, yeah. so observation skills. Yeah. My, my first round of interviewing off the army was these people wear ties. I'm not working here. <laughs> it really was. I I had four offers. Three of them were places that wore ties, and one wasn't. And I took the one that didn't. There, there you go. Yeah. I mean, there's more to it than that, but it was like, eh, I don't, I don't, I'm not an Eastern Seaboard wear tie kind of guy. Like, oh yeah. yeah. I had three thoughts that come to mind in terms of values. I guess you could say. One of them is very obvious, focus on value. Yeah. Uh, so as a new person, you always want to, your, particularly your first work, you want to make sure you're focusing on value so that when you're done with the deliverable, that it actually has value. Uh, another well, one is- Well, that I'm going to jump in. That, that one sure. applies that is, you know, your boss or other people are saying, here's the things that you're going to be working on. Well, where does this connect? Where, how does this add value? You might not phrase it that way, but- who needs this and what are they going to use it for? And how does it, how does that help the bottom line or time to market or, or something? Um, I think it's a great way to help interpret the, that first assignment. Oh, here, go lay on this board and do some yeah. drawings. Who's going to use it? Uh, what? So yeah, all the things that, and you've written the book on, uh, on finding value mm -hmm. and all the things that add value to what you're doing. And uh, the second point that came to mind with me, which is very similar to that, is is focusing on quality. Yep. So you, whatever you do, you want it to be a quality product. You're going to gain a reputation. And one of the things to, to, to understand is first impressions are important. And so it's, it's a great question from your from your listener who asked that, because when you're new on the job, people are going to watch you. Yeah. It's it's impossible not to. You get a yeah. you get a grace period. You get you people know you're going to make mistakes. Maybe maybe not destroy a five thousand dollar drafting <laughs> board uh, <laughs> or drawing. Uh, but that's a good story. <laughs> no wonder it's, I don't like ties. It's inherent in me. Um, but yeah, it's be uh, yeah that first impression goes beyond that first few seconds because you get a lot of those first few seconds as you meet all these other people it reminds me of the person that was there we, one of the things we did to new hires that was probably a bit on the mean side because the building we worked in had it was six separate buildings and they were all interconnected by hatches and doorways and staircases and stuff like that and some were two stories some were three stories and there was no coherent map to the place Hmm. And so somebody would say, well, our offices were in three lower, for example, and the, the we'd go to lunch at our site's cafeteria that was in two upper. And they were one floor apart uh, or, you know, but you had to go up and down other buildings to get to <laughs> the second floor on another building. You were two stories mm -hmm. down or some weird thing like that. And there was a million different ways to go from one to the other. So we always went one way. And then we'd all come up with excuses to leave the new hire at the lunch table. Oh, I got to check. I got to go to the bank. I got to check this. I got to make a phone call. And everybody would leave. And then we'd get all back to the office. And, and it was kind of a, a betting pool how long it would take oh, for the new person to find mean. their way back to the <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't uh 
and it was we justified it as that they needed to be able to navigate the buildings and and find their way around it. And if you take somebody on a tour, it's not a good way to learn <laughs> where everything is well, and how it's you're, organized. You're bringing up a great point, which is I think part of the the initiation you could call it that. Yeah. Is the is people want to see that you can learn, you can ask questions, you can find your way around, you can, and I don't just mean around uh, desks and buildings. I mean yeah. you can, you can uh, figure out by talking to others uh, what to do, and you will, as you point out, you will make mistakes, but how you react to the mistakes is part of your character. Yeah, and yep. and so I think this is all uh, stuff that uh, is important when you're starting out. Don't be afraid to ask questions. It's going to be expected that uh, you're not going to know everything to start with. I would much rather somebody ask a question and then get a good job done than not ask a question and end up with a product that has to be fixed. Oh, yeah. Um, now, is, there's one of these things that's sometimes that wandering about and asking questions. And, and I know that some buildings, some companies don't put locators in the buildings. So HP mm-hmm. had, usually their buildings had pillars and that were supporting a, a large roof over a whole sea of cubicles kind of thing. And they would be labeled on a grid, alphabetical one way and numerical the other way. So if you got to a particular building, it would be labeled three upper, three U, for example. And inside, so you could tell somebody, I'm in three upper near post uh, B17. Something mm-hmm. like that. And that would get them with to the right aisle or really close to it. And some buildings that I've been in as a consultant had no markers whatsoever. And the and they're like, How do you find anybody? Well, you ask somebody, where's Bill sit? Oh, he's over there. You know. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. the sometimes the intent by the design of the building is to bump into people and talk to people. And and I know that in my career that has been just so fruitful. I mean, I ran into a finance person and it turned out, you know, so what do you work on? And she said, I, and she answered by, I'm working on the same, it ended up being the same project I was working on. And she was paying for the test results that I couldn't find. So I said, how about you stop paying for it? And maybe we'll find out where the numbers are. <laughs> she said, Let, okay. Let's add a dimension to this, Fred, because you're talking about on site. You're actually with people. Yeah. So now, there's, there's uh, a variation yeah, to this yeah. topic. So if you're working off- offline, in other words, working remote, yeah. what does a new engineer do if you're working remote? That would you be don't know anybody to contact. Now, I think the advice that that, young, that one fe- woman uh, new hire did is saying, hey, do you have, because you're still going to get introduced. You're going to be, there's going to be a group meeting or the boss will say, hey, you know, we got uh, an introduction section here and you can, you need to know this person, that person, that person, they'll make introductions and they might just do it virtually, right? Saying, Hey, contact so-and-so, but the same right. technique of, Hey, can we set up some time to talk? Exactly. A Zoom call would work just fine. But the hard part is when you don't know any, I first day I was working with one client and they said, Oh, here's a cubicle you can set up. Um, I'll be back and we'll get started. And they didn't come back for two hours. Oh, so I wandered around and asked a bunch of questions, and then they were upset because I was asking questions. <laughs> so don't leave me alone. <laughs> I'll go do stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and just a, a small point here is that uh, if you are working remote, uh, I would strongly recommend that when you do talk with people, 
do it with live cameras yeah. uh, because body language is so important. You want to be able to see if people are understanding you. And uh, and so I strongly recommend uh, having your cameras on. Yep. Yeah. You know, some organizations, it's the norm. Some it's cameras off. Some it's just by Slack or email. It, it, I, yeah, it's another dimension I hadn't thought of. It's the new hire <laughs> may not have a building to go to. And the onboarding process is probably a bit more thought out so that you do get time to meet people and, and interface. Yet I think it's the actively taking charge of getting to know other people. And, and that goes yes. back to what we were talking about earlier is that your networking skills and soft skills of engaging. Well, an easy thing for them to do is to read chapter 11 and 12. Oh, yeah, we should do that. We should plug our book. <laughs> yes, there you go. I had one other comment to make is the, uh, is one of the advices I would give new people is to always try to do more than asked for sure. You do what's asked and try to do, try to do more. In other words, be innovative. Uh, you, you can, I don't mean to go overboard on it, but I mean, it's always, I, I, in my life, I've always tried to, tried to do more than asked for uh, in a positive way. Yeah. And, uh, and that's just has worked for me and I, and I think works for others. I'm thinking of, you know, a mechanical engineer coming in, maybe not as a draftsman, but as a mechanical engineer coming in and given an assignment to, you know, uh, review something or, or check the tolerancing or design, you know, something that there's within their capability. If there's no obvious piece of process control, I'm thinking back to our last discussion, Carl, where we we're talking about, you know, design it. So it's robust for operator variability and process yes. variability um, is bring up those kinds of questions. How do we account for this? What's the process control for this? And then if it's just not there and you get blank stares is, it's an opportunity to say, hmm, let me just go find that or let's show why it's useful or valuable. So I think one is design the bolt or the flange or whatever, and then start expanding that to that DFR stuff and how does it fit in? How does it add value in the larger chain? Now, that's not something I would expect a brand new hire to do, yet right. they would get a step up <laughs> if, in my book if they started Absolutely. connecting and it to a larger picture. that's what you want picture. to do. The Another point here is, uh, and this I'm just thinking of the soft skills that we talked about, is request feedback. If you're new yep. and if you've been around a while, you always want to get feedback. And yep. it may not be natural. You're not getting feedback necessarily in college other than from your instructor. Yeah. And you're, so if you're, you're working on cheat. some yeah. project, get feedback from the people that receive the project. In other words, your like customers. you mentioned, whoever you hand it off to yep. and get feedback from your management. Uh, and then listen, never argue with it, never never be defensive about it, yep. uh, be open to uh, whatever people say. Yeah, fully understand it before you, you, you know, come back at it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's a bunch to it. Yeah, it's another one of these, Carl, where we end the show and go, oh, there's a bunch more we need to talk about. Much more to do, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so if, you've, if you're heading into uh, your first job, congratulations. You're already listening to one of the best podcasts uh, for reliability engineering there is that we know of, of course. Um, <laughs> and you're way ahead because the amount of experience that we hope to share in this show will help you immensely on day one. Um, don't show off, be humble, learn, listen, um, ask questions, those kind of things, uh, but add value with every engagement. The, for us that are a, a bit more experienced and maybe you're bringing somebody on and it's their first job, 
help them understand how they can make a great first impression and get connected real well. It'll be in your own best interest to do that. So think through that. Um, so it's a two-way street. We can really make that first day really, really useful and, and set up a great career, or it's a slow start and we may never recover from it. If you got questions, uh, these this episode and the last episode Carl and I did are both based on people's questions to us. Listeners and readers of our work have uh, chimed in and said, hey, you know, what about this or how do I handle that? You probably have questions too, so let us know. We'd love to hear from you. It will go over to ascendoreliability.com slash go slash SOR. You can find a couple of ways to get in touch with us there. Carl and I and the other hosts of the show have multiple ways via LinkedIn and through Ascendo Reliability uh, that you can get in touch with us. Um, and we really do look forward to hearing from you. We, we generally create our agenda for these shows based on the questions we're getting. So it makes a difference and we want you to participate in it. So with that, Carl, I'm glad I'm not starting my first job. I'm actually starting my, you know, more towards retirement kind of thing. So it's a, a new first, different kind. Different. That would be first. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and great round off on, uh, on the subject. So a terrific question from people. And I completely echo your comments about how important uh, questions are. That's all part of the learning process. Yeah. And it helps us too. We have to rethink stuff and think through how do we explain it. So it's all good. We really it's do. All make, good. It's part of the show. That's what we do. So with that, Carl, I think uh, we'll sign off for the day and go about doing whatever else we were going to be doing today. It's a, a Tuesday, Sounds if good, I remember right. right. <laughs> and so uh, we'll talk to you again soon, I'm sure, when the, as other questions arrive. I'm, well, I'm looking forward to them. Absolutely. Catch you later. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Speaking of Reliability. We invite you to join the conversation if you have a question or a topic that you think we should discuss in a future show, please let us know. You can find a comment box below the episode show notes or just leave a note as part of a review on iTunes.